It's amazing that we can pray and change lives across the world. So fun. And it is so fun in this living room, you guys. I don't know if you're in a living room right now. I hope that you're having fun. Um, but it is really fun in this living room. And it's really hard for all of us who are like around to not talk and laugh and it's just it's really, really fun. Um, tonight we're gonna be continuing in our series, uh, which is called The Struggle Israel. And before we get into the text for tonight in Exodus, give you a hint so you can get those Bibles out early, I want you to think about something with me. You can close your eyes if that helps you to concentrate, but think about how you got to the place you are tonight. And I don't mean like theoretically or like big picture. I mean like how, which turns did you make to get where you are? Maybe you're in a basement, maybe you're in an apartment, um, maybe you're at your own house, maybe in your room. How did you get to the room where you are tonight? Like what were you doing an hour ago and how did you get to this place? So think about it. What did you see on the way? Were there any people walking? Were there any animals? Did you see any cats or dogs or tigers? I don't know, that would be really strange, but cheetahs are our son's favorite animal. So if you saw any of those, please let us know for multiple reasons. Think about how did you get to the room you're sitting in tonight? If you drove, think about how fast did you go? What was the speed limit? What color were the houses that you passed? How did you get to where, you're going, where you are tonight? I know for me, and you can open your eyes if you still have them closed. I know for me, sometimes when I get somewhere and I'm driving, I'm like, I have no idea how I got here. Like, I have no idea what I saw on the way. I have no idea like how I'm standing here right now. Like, what, what was I doing five minutes ago? How did I travel here? What was the walking path like? Were there any flowers? Were there any daffodils blooming yet? Probably not, it's still winter. There's still snow on the ground. But how many steps did you take? What was going on out the windows that you passed or in the windows that you passed? If you're like me, you might not have any idea. And that's because we get so caught up in where we're going in getting to the next thing or if you're also like me, if I'm walking to campus, I sometimes get caught up on my phone, on what's happening on Instagram, what's happening in other people's lives, on social media, or TikTok. I actually don't have a TikTok, but my sister and my brother send me TikToks, so that's really fun. Sometimes I get distracted by my phone, and I don't really pay attention to what's going on around me. You know, honestly, about 80% of my distraction comes from my phone. <laughs> and maybe you're holding it right now. But the question is tonight, what could happen if instead of not paying attention to our surroundings, what could happen if we did pay attention? What could happen if we did pay attention? If we went about life paying attention? One possibility is in our story tonight. So let's open up our text and find out what could happen if we pay attention. So the struggle is real, and tonight we're looking specifically at the struggle to pay attention. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. 
So last week we found out that um, our main character is named Moses, and he was born a Hebrew baby in a time where the Pharaoh at the time was um, very fearful of the Hebrew people, and he thought they were becoming too strong. And so he decided to make an edict that said, if anyone was two and under, that was a male, if anyone was born um, and it was a male baby, that they would actually kill them, throw them into the Nile, he said. He made this mandate that it had to happen. Well, we saw last week how God intervened and how God intervened through the obedience of people. And so God intervenes, Moses lives, he actually grows up in the palace, which is pretty incredible. And we see 40 years of of Moses' life in chapter one. All of a sudden he's 40, he's been living in the palace for 40 years, he has favor, he has status, he has everything he could want or need. And one day he is out and about and he sees the Israelites struggling. They're in slavery, they're treated poorly, and he sees this one Egyptian guard beating an Israelite man, beating a Hebrew man. And Moses gets so angry that he eventually actually kills this Egyptian's guard. And so the Pharaoh doesn't like this, and he is like out for Moses. So Moses flees from Pharaoh, flees from Egypt, and it's where we pick up tonight. He is in this land of Midian. He has, by the time we have picked up with him tonight in chapter 3, it's been 40 years since he has fled Egypt and landed in Midian. He has a wife, he has a family, and for these 40 years, he has been shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. And so that's where we're going to pick up tonight. Moses is shepherding someone else's sheep. And so we're going to start reading in verse 1. Verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Mo Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. I think I would too, or I would run, I don't know. But he's like, I think I will go and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, all these people that came before Moses in his lineage. And he says, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't worry, all you lactose intolerant people, it was a good thing. Milk and honey, good thing. So he says, the home of all these people, verse 9, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, God says, I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Whoa. 
So, what just happened? Well, Moses is just tending his flock. I think we have a little picture of some sheep here just to set the scene for you. Moses is just tending his flock. He's going about his business as he has for the past 40 years. He is just shepherding his flock. He takes them up to um, this mountainside. Maybe the, maybe the grass was better there. We don't really know why he was there. Um, but he, he takes them and he is just shepherding his flock. He is just kind of going about life. And then something catches Moses' eye. It's a bush that's on fire, but it's not burning up. And so he goes over to it. God invites him into this amazing adventure to save an entire nation, to save his people, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people who were enslaved in Egypt. God invites him into this amazing story where, where Moses is going to lead the people, spoiler alert, he's going to lead the people out of Egypt. And we see that at, at the end, he does this. Moses goes and he leads the people out of Egypt. He leads them from slavery into freedom. He helps them know God intimately. He helps them know how to live like free people. And that's just so incredible. He shepherds these people. He cares for them. He leads them to greener pastures, right? And God has been setting him up for this for the past 40 years that he's been shepherding someone else's sheep. God has been setting him up to shepherd God's own people in the wilderness. So we know the end of the story. We know that eventually he does go stand up to Pharaoh. And we're going to get to see all of this in depth this semester, which we're so excited about. I wish we had like a whole year to go through Exodus. It's a great book. So we see that he stands up to Pharaoh. He, he gets people set free after hundreds of years of slavery. And, and this happens after this amazing invitation God gives. But what would have happened that day had Moses not been paying attention around him? What if that day Moses caught something weird out of, out of the side of his eye, but he was too busy to turn aside and look. What would have happened that day had Moses not been paying attention? Maybe, maybe the sheep were particularly crazy that day and he had to like huddle them all together. I'm not a shepherd, I don't really know, but I can imagine what it would have been like. Um, maybe, maybe the sheep were particularly thirsty and so they were in a hurry to get to water or particularly hungry and they were going to, to where the, the grass was greener and the, um, the food was good. What would have happened that day had Moses just gone about his life like he had all 40 years prior, just doing what he knew to do and, and being a shepherd and he, he didn't pay attention? What would have happened had he not been paying attention? Maybe he would still have been doing good things, um, taking care of these sheep, keeping them alive, keeping them safe from predators. Um, but what, what if he didn't turn aside to look? Because what do we see? If you look back at verse 4, it says this. When the Lord saw that he, Moses, when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, that is when God calls to him from the bush. 
So when Moses is going about his day and he's shepherding these sheep, it's not God's audible voice that calls him over. It's not God shouting and waving his arm saying, Moses, over here, Moses. That's not what it is. It's, it's a bush on fire in the distance. And Moses takes the time to turn aside to look. And that is when God speaks. The struggle to pay attention is real. There is so much vying for our attention, as I'm sure was the case for Moses that day. We don't know how many sheep he had, but it was more than a few. And we don't know what the terrain was like, we don't know what the predators were like, but I'm sure he had to be alert for their safety. And yet Moses turns aside to look and see. What if you cultivated the discipline of paying attention? What could happen? If you were faithful to where you are right now, being a student or wherever you might find yourself, I don't know who's watching, hi all the moms watching. Um, you know, what if you were faithful to what God has given you, like Moses was to those sheep, and at the same time, you were paying attention for God to invite you into the work he's doing around you? What could happen? I love the saying, one of my favorite sayings is, you always find more of what you're looking for. You always find more of what you're looking for. And so if we cultivate the art of paying attention and we expect God to invite us into what he's doing, we're going to see more ways that God is inviting us into the healing and the hope bringing and the truth bringing to those around us who desperately need those things. Elizabeth Elliot says, it is God to whom and with whom we travel. And while he is at the end of our journey, he is also at every stopping place. And I love that. Yes, God is at the end of our journey. We are going to spend eternity with Jesus in a place where there is no more pain and no more sorrow. And I am like, sign me up, right? And... God is at work bringing restoration, bringing healing, bringing comfort here today. And so if we do this, if we live with our eyes open, if we pay attention and live ready to partner with God, we can help in that mission. In the Bible, there are a lot of instances of people paying attention to God's promptings paying attention to what God is doing around them and to how God is asking them to partner with him. And actually, the concept of fire is found in a lot of these, which is really fun. So two that we'll look at tonight, you can do a little Bible study later on your own, but two that we'll look at tonight, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Um, the Old Testament one is um, Jeremiah, who was a prophet of God. Jeremiah was somebody that God spoke to and that he would share the messages 
from God with other people. Jeremiah said that when he heard from God and knew he was supposed to say something, knew he was supposed to partner with God in this way, that it was like the words that God had given him and deposited into him were like a fire inside of him. It was this need to share these words that God had given him, these truths, these encouragements, these comforts, these heavy truths that God had given Jeremiah to share with the people that God loved. He said it was like a fire in his bones. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt like, I have to say this, like something is like right on your chest and you're like, I have to say this. If I don't say this, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Kind of like that, a fire inside of him. In the New Testament, we see fire used again as a prompting of God's purposes and God's presence, which is so cool. There's a story about two of the disciples, two of the followers and friends of Jesus, and they're walking along a road. And this is right after Jesus has died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, we know. But to them, even though it's clear to us in the scripture and it's easy for us to be like, what? Jesus told you this was going to happen. Like, it's okay. They were so sad. They were downcast. And I love that word because it's like, just, I can picture it. They're walking along the road and they are just so sad. Their friend had just died a terrible death and they had witnessed it. Their hope in Jesus had been lost. They thought all hope was lost. And this man comes up to him, up to the two men, and he's asking them, you know, why are you sad? What's going on? And they just tell them, they tell this man about this this friend named Jesus and how they miss him and how they're so sad. And this is found in Luke um, 25, I believe. I don't know where I am in my notes. Luke 24. Um, And these, these two disciples... They're, they're like, we are so sad, like we miss this guy. And then the guy is like, well, didn't, don't the scriptures say that this was going to happen and that there's hope? And then they have a meal together and the man leaves. But right before he leaves, their eyes are opened and they realize, oh, this is Jesus alive again. So Jesus had come back to life, resurrected, um, breaking the chains of death breaking the chains of sin and he had come to visit his friends and they were like i i love this line i think it's 24 verse 8 or 24 verse 32 in luke it says this after jesus leaves they go to one another they say we're not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us we're not our hearts burning within us There was something physical that they felt in the presence of God. And I just love that because, yes, we can know God intellectually. We can know about God, but we can also experience God's presence in a real way. And sometimes when God's presence is with you in a way that he wants you to to move on his behalf, that he wants you to go pray for someone, that he wants you to share a truth or to share a an encouragement or to share a scripture or to pray for someone, it might feel like a fire in you. 
It might feel like a physical sensation. And I love that because we are united. Our, our bodies are part of who we are. Our minds, our spirits are part of who we are. And we're all one and it's all connected. And if you're like, what are you talking about feelings? Just think about this. Think about how you feel if you haven't eaten all day. You might feel a certain way physically, but you also might feel a certain way emotionally. Like we are connected. Um, you might feel hangry. It's just true. I get that way sometimes. Not tonight though, thankfully. I'm okay, guys. Um, and so, so Luke 24 says, the, guy, the disciples were like, we're not our hearts burning within us. There was this physical, physical response to God's presence. So sometimes God sets a fire on a mountainside like he did with Moses, something out of the ordinary that he wants us to pay attention to. And sometimes our encounter with God and him speaking to us isn't a fire on the mountainside, but rather a fire inside of us. And the good news to us is that unlike the Old Testament, where God could only come to certain people at certain times because of sin, we see that in John, Jesus, who is still on the earth at that point, he has um, died and raised again, and he comes back and shares with his disciples, his friends for a little while. He says, you know what? I am going back to be with God the Father in heaven. But it's a good thing for you that I go because my spirit is going to come and the Holy Spirit is going to be God with you everywhere. So each one of you, God is with you right now. And that is good news. And God now speaks to each one of us, which is good news. And the Spirit, it says, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus testifies about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And wherever you're watching this, Jesus died so that you could know God intimately, so that we could come into the presence of God. And that is good news, friends. And not only that, but that we could partner with God in bringing others to him and in bringing reconciliation and bringing healing and redemption to the earth and all people. It's amazing. And so God speaks to us. God is with us. And we can pay attention to how God is speaking to us. So how have you paid attention and partnered with God in the past? Just think about that for a moment. How have you heard God speaking to you or maybe nudging you in a certain direction? or to say something, or maybe putting a fire inside of you, or, or putting a scripture, a scripture comes to mind and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Or, or maybe you say some words and you're like, wow, that was good. Maybe that was the Lord. In my own life, there have been times where I paid attention. Um, there have also been times where I missed paying attention, where I missed partnering with God. And even though I regretted those times, I, I try to learn from them and I try to remember that God is a loving parent and that God allows us room for growth. And so I try to learn from those times and say, oh, that's what was going on. That's what I was feeling. That's what I was thinking. You know, I think that was God. And so how can we pay attention? Um, 
a couple of times that I have paid attention, things have been really amazing and I have seen the outcome of my actions. There's a friend of mine and Josh's that we've known for a really long time and um, I'm trying to decide if I want to use his name. So this guy, uh, he, he knows about God. Um, he doesn't have a personal relationship with God. And one day, he's just been a friend that we've known around. One day, um, I was actually preparing for a sermon and this guy was just hanging out with Josh, sitting there on the couch. And I come in to print out my sermon. And I noticed like he's got some sort of a cast or something, not a cast, like a sling or something like that on his arm. And he's just talking about his shoulder and how like bad it hurts. And, and I just feel this little thought come into my mind. And, and, I, and I feel this kind of like, I should do this. And so I, I have this thought, you should pray for him to be healed. And I'm like, whoa, God, like he doesn't really believe in you. Like this is a lot, but he knows who we are. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll do it. Like I'll be obedient. And so I ask, hey, can I pray for you for your shoulder? He was getting ready to go into surgery the next week. And he's like, sure, why not? So then I get more awkward because that's me. And I'm like, do you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder while I pray? There's like this... They, you know, they lay hands on people in the Bible. It's kind of like a sign of anointing and, and um, God's power. And, and so he's like, sure, even though I was a little awkward. And so I just prayed a simple prayer, but I had faith that God could heal him. And so I said, God, I pray that you would heal him. I pray that when they go in for the surgery, God, that there wouldn't be any sign um, of, of needing surgery. And so I'm just like, you know, and I just pray that he would know that, that you love him. And so I just left it at that, went and like, you know, did what I was going to do, printed out my things, left. And then about a week later, he calls Josh and he says, I don't know what Katie did, but it worked. I don't even need surgery anymore. So let's go, Lord. It was amazing and so exciting. And I was like, wow, I had that thought. I had that feeling. It was God. God was leading me to do that, which is so awesome. And I pray that you guys have experiences like that. There have also been other times where I have felt like, hey, you should go ask that person if you can pray for them, or you should go say hi to that person, and I don't really know the end outcome. I don't know how that changed their life, but I know that I was paying attention enough to, to see what God wanted me to do, to hear what God wanted me to do, and to go and do it. So tonight, I, I don't know if you're wondering how... How do I hear God's voice, Katie? Like, what does God's voice sound like? Um, well, I want you to think about, maybe you're in a crowd right now of less than 10. Thank you for following the guidelines. I want you to think about someone that you know that has a really distinct laugh. You're all probably pointing at someone right now in the room. Who do you know in your life that has a distinct laugh that if you are walking on the quad and you hear this laugh, you're going to be like, I know who that is. Think about that person. Now, why do you know? How do you know their laugh? How do you know that's them? It's probably because you spend time with them, right? Some people had trouble understanding our daughter Esther when she was uh, younger and sometimes even now. And I remember someone commented, and I can't remember which one of you it was recently, but somebody commented, maybe Valerie, it was Valerie, 
Valerie commented like recently, like the other day, she was like, I remember like this summer when I first kind of started hanging out with Esther Moore and I just like couldn't understand her and I relied on you guys for like translation. Like, what is she saying? And she's like, now it's so exciting because I can understand her myself. And you know what the difference is? Time spent. And time spent not only talking to Esther and talking at Esther, but listening to her. And so maybe we can get better at recognizing the voice of God so that we can pay attention to it if we spend time with God. Spending time with God in scripture so we know what God would ask of us. So we know God's character and love for the people around us. In prayer, in all different ways, we can pray um, while listening to God. We can just be silent before God. And one of my very favorite ways to practice paying attention and learning how to pay attention to God's promptings is called the examine. And it is a Christian tradition um, from a long time ago. And maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. Uh, but it's just this really awesome way to learn how to partner with God by at the end of the day, like we're getting close to the end of the day tonight. Some of you might be like, whatever, I stay up till the next day. More power to you. Um, but tonight, maybe you could try this. So at night, you would just simply review your day, the happenings of your day. And not just you alone, but remembering that the presence of God is with you. So saying, Holy Spirit, would you help me review my day? And then you say, you ask these two questions. How did I partner with you today? And whatever comes to your mind, like whatever situations come to your mind, think about those things and think about what was I feeling when that happened? What was I doing? Oh, I was looking up. I wasn't, you know, looking down. I was feeling this, I was feeling that, this is the thought that came to mind, this is how it came about. So think about those things when you ask the Holy Spirit, show me the ways I partnered with you today. And then you can also ask, how did I miss partnering with you today? And see what comes to mind. It's one of my favorite ways to practice paying attention to God speaking and God asking me to partner with him in his mission. Our name Chi Alpha comes from the term Christ Ambassadors, which is from 2 Corinthians 5. And it says that Christ has made us, anyone who is a follower of Christ, anyone who would say, yes, I am a follower of Christ. It says Christ has made us, all of us, not just the staff of Chi Alpha, not just the staff team, not just like your pastors or you know anybody like that, not just people in leadership, but has made all of us co-laborers with him. That means we co-mission with him. We're on this mission with God. And it says that, that God has given us, all of us, you watching, the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people to God, bringing the healing that God wants to bring, that we get to partner with God in that. The struggle to pay attention is real. It is real, is real. Hopefully you like our name for the series. But like most things we're gonna see this semester, 
God's presence with you is what makes all the difference. And so I encourage you tonight to open your eyes and maybe that's like literally open your eyes. Um, maybe it's just look up while you're walking around campus. Maybe it's notice more things. Um, but, but open your eyes to how God might be inviting you to partner with him to change lives. Because we see that it's when Moses turned aside to look. When he turned aside and took that time to pay attention, that is when God invited him on this great mission. That's when God invited him on this adventure that brought an entire people group to freedom and new life. And so I want to pray for you tonight. So if you would just um, hold your hands up as a posture of receptivity to God, I'm just going to pray for you. God, I pray that you would help each one of us be attentive to you. God, there's so much vying for our attention. But God, as we are faithful with what you have already given us for our lives as students, as workers, um, so that we can pay for our books, as you have, have given us all these things, help us to be faithful in those like Moses was faithful to shepherd the sheep. God, knowing that you want us to partner with you, knowing that you're preparing us for the next moment to partner with you, God. And maybe it will be some great, amazing, humongous thing that we can see like we see with Moses. And maybe it's something that has ripple effects that we'll never know until heaven. And so God, I pray that we would learn to know your voice, God, and that as we practice the examine each day, as we say, how do we partner with you? How do we miss partner with you, Lord? That we would grow a receptivity to you, that we would grow an understanding to your, what your voice sounds like, how it feels when you speak to us, God, and that you would help us to pay attention. And so God, as we turn aside to see what you're doing, I pray that you would give us courage to be obedient and that you would help us to pay attention. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you. May he turn his countenance towards you and may he give you peace and courage and the ability to pay attention. So I hope that you guys have a great night and that you are able, even tonight, to pay attention to how God might be inviting you to partner with him to bring hope and healing and restoration for the people around you. Go Dukes!